when you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing, just win, baby. Welcome to another episode of the Just Blog Baby podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Park, and joining me, as always, is the editor-in-chief of Just Blog Baby, Nick Jeltness. We got our resident Twitter guru, Ryan Lopes. Fellas, how you doing? Feeling good, man. Feeling uh, feeling excited. Also feeling relieved that the draft is finally over. The The takes were starting to get a little little unbearable, <laughs> so it was nice to, to put that in the rear view, and now we got to... The, the drought, the dead period, as we say, before football yeah, yeah. season, we got to get through. So, mixed, mixed uh, feelings here. Uh, that's what I was going to say, man. Yo, the draft was, it's, it's always a good time, obviously, leading up to it and then draft itself. But now we just get that. It's just going to be boring from now until September, man. A lot of a lot of those bad takes are going to start, you know, piling up people, people with nothing else to talk about. So, Right, right. Well, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, we got some draft picks, some free agent signings to talk about. Uh, got, I don't. Have we talked? We haven't talked about beast mode since he signed, have we? Or have not we? since he not since he officially put uh, put pen to paper. So right. we'll, we'll definitely have to, uh, to hit we that definitely up got too. to talk about that. So uh, this past week, with the twenty fourth overall selection, uh, the Raiders were one of several surprises in the first round with their pick. They took uh, Gary and Conley. Um, I I didn't really see that coming. Um, but before we get off of uh, get to off the off the field stuff. Um, Ryan, on the field, what what are your thoughts about Conley? And on the I mean, for me personally, after the Sidney Jones injury, um, Conley was Conley was always in that mix for me with that with that top three, you know, Lattimore, Sidney Jones, and then Conley himself. So Sidney Jones getting hurt, I think that you know obviously pushed the stock up a little bit. So for me, the Raiders land a top three corner, um, you know, in this case, cornerback two for me, at worst, cornerback three, um, position of need. So uh, on the field, I am I'm very very happy, man. I'm stoked. Nick, were you a fan of this pick? Uh, what What do you think his role is going to be this year? Yeah, I I definitely was a fan of the pick for sure. Um, he was widely seen as a as a top fifteen pick. Um, I saw that there were some some pretty notable draft analysts that had him going as high as eleven to the Saints. So you know the fact that that McKenzie was able to to get him um, at twenty four. You know, I'm sure largely because of uh, the off the field stuff surrounding him, um, definitely a, a fantastic value in terms of of the talent. And as Ryan said, you know, add a position to need. I mean, pretty much every single podcast we did during the season was just roasting the secondary for for how bad they were. <laughs> so you know, Mackenzie went out there and got that addressed asap. Um, and as far as as the the role that Conley is going to play, um, it's going to be a combination of things. I mean, he's versatile. He's he's six foot. Uh, I think 195, but he's got long arms, um, and and he primarily played on the outside at Ohio State. So you know if he performs well in camp, he definitely could be a, a guy that could beat out Smith or Amerson for a spot on the outside. Um, you know, or if they don't want to go that direction, he can play the slot right away. Um, his change of direction speed is top notch. He's got elite agility. 
very fluid. Um, he did play in the slot a handful of times at Ohio State, most notably in the uh, the Clemson game, um, where he he did a really really good job on Mike Williams, who went uh, what seventh overall. Um, so I think to start, um, you know, the slot could be the spot for him, but you know whatever that he ends up doing, he's going to be on the field making an impact. So I think it was a, a very very good pick. Well, we can't really talk about Conley without talking about the uh, rape allegations. Um, This seemed like a a not very Raiders pick. So obviously, uh, you know, McKenzie did his due diligence. Uh, Ryan, what do you what do you think of McKenzie taking that risk to make this pick? It's kind of like we all alluded to, right? I'm very, very surprising. Um, that's that's not one of the names that I expected to to, to get called uh, in the first round, let alone by the Raiders. Um, I think there were some whispers, kind of the, the day of, maybe the day before that. Uh, regardless of all the all the questions that some teams, again, not knowing at the time that you know Oakland would, would would be one of them, but there were some teams that still had them, you know, coming off the board in in the first round. So, uh, not a very McKenzie like move, but um, I, I was, you know. Um, uh, all the questions that I have as as a fan, um, you know, I, I felt a little bit better after hearing McKenzie talk. You know, he basically said, "I'm putting my name out there. I'm putting my reputation out there." Um, you know, I, I I feel good about this as you know a, a general manager, as a man. Um, you know, so I, again, McKenzie, uh, he he's got to know something that we don't know, and I guess we just as fans got to just sit back and you know see. Yeah, well, uh, Nick, tell us what we do know about the situation. What are the updates? So my understanding of of the most up-to-date um, information surrounding this is, number one, I think the, the first thing that came out that points towards Conley being cleared of any wrongdoing is the surveillance video that discredits uh, the accuser, her original story, which said that she had first met Conley in an elevator. And at that point... She says that he uh, that he propositioned her for I think they said a foursome, um, just off the jump. And surveillance video shows that they in fact had met earlier in the night. So um, I think the fact that you know that is different from what her original story. You know that probably leads to some questions of, of her credibility on the accusation. Um, you know, still obviously got to see what the the rape kit says um, that was administered, and it could take up to six to eight weeks for the results. Um, Conley submitted a voluntary DNA sample. He gave a statement and him and his lawyer admitted that a consensual sexual event took place, but not intercourse. So mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. his, his lawyer might've botched this man. I, I don't know. Um, and it's, it's a tough situation. You know, I, th- I think obviously, you know, we have to handle it with sensitivity on, on both sides. I mean, as just as much as as Raiders fans that we probably want him to be cleared, um, you know, I think you got to handle with some sensitivity that you know she deserves, you know, some benefit of the doubt, you know, to see if she was telling the truth, and you know, hopefully right. one way or another, you know, the results will show what happened, um, and that it's just going to take you know a while for us to to find out once and for all. But the I think the initial signs point to to him being cleared. You know, I don't really think his lawyer botched it. I mean, if the dude doesn't really have anything to lie about, you know what I mean? Why wouldn't he just be, like, forthcoming about the situation? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, no, some, I, I, something's real fishy, you know? 
Agreed. And I, I think I think the lawyer. Um, I, I guess by by that comment, I think the lawyer again. It seems to me, and I, I've been following from you know closely slash from from afar or whatever. It's, the lawyer might have got his word. He, he he kind of fumbled over over his own words. Maybe said too much. Said not enough. Right. Didn't clarify enough. Right. Um, it, it, in a situation kind of so delicate like this, you really got to be you know really really clear. You know what I mean? Very very clear. I think what happened was because I I had got caught up in, in some of the headlines. Pro Football Talk put out an article that said that Conley's lawyer admits to, I think they said, consec- uh, consensual right, sex. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw that and I was like, oh, that's not good because that's different from the original story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but however, the, the quote within the article did not say that. PFT right. used a, right. a, a flashy headline there. The, the quote was sure. consensual sexual event. And he clarified later that it does not mean intercourse. So if that's the case, uh, I, I think, <laughs> like I said, that, that rape kit's going to show that. But, you know, that's just something we're just going to have to wait and see. Man, that's crazy. So All rough, right. yeah, rough, <laughs> rough situation. Um, Absolutely. So just out of curiosity, is there anyone that dropped down to 24 that you wanted to see McKenzie take? Uh, Ryan, you can go first. Uh, no, I mean, I think um, the the only other player that was still on the board for me, and I, I, had, uh, I had released a, a list of 14 players maybe about a two two weeks or so prior to the draft, and I had um, – you know, the only other player that was still around between, you know, Conley and and uh, and I had Malik McDowell at the top and I had Buda Baker at the top. Both both players were still hanging around, but again, probably off the board for various different reasons. So the only other player that would have been in play for me, that, that was in play for me, was Kansas State uh, edge edge rusher Jordan J- Jordan Willis. So for me, he was a first-round talent. I think the Bengals got a hell of a selection. Um, but again, Conley was, you know, the best cornerback available. So um, outside of Jordan Willis, you know, I, I, I can't really complain. There were two players that that I had in mind when uh, when the Raiders came on the clock at 24, and that was uh, Cam Robinson. I felt that he was the best tackle in the there draft. Could have addressed the the right tackle immediately, and mm-hmm. and been a you know potential franchise left tackle. So that's someone that I was considering. And then uh, Obi Melifonwu. Those are the two guys at 24 that that I was hoping the pick would be. Um, Conley was talent wise definitely would have been in that mix probably uh, top two at least um, but I just I didn't expect him to be the pick at all you know in light of what had happened so he would have been in that mix for sure but yeah those were the the two that that I was hoping for when the Raiders were on the clock it was a little bit surprising to see Reuben Foster uh, drop down to 24 uh, it, it was surprising to see that he was available and I think a good chunk of Raider Nation uh, was I don't know what the word maybe they were perturbed is that the word that that Reggie McKenzie passed on such a talented player at a major position of need I mean the Raiders need linebackers and they didn't really do anything to address that uh, Nick did that surprise you it did not surprise me um and and not even just saying that, I mean, I, I wrote an article six days before the draft that Ruben Foster might fall and he might fall to 24 and even beyond uh, and that the Raiders are going to pass on him. And I think two days before the draft, I said something on Twitter. I said Ruben Foster is going to fall and the Raiders are going to pass on him. So just prepare yourself mentally and emotionally for it. going to be a mess. Um, I, I, I just saw it coming. I mean, everything that all the signs are pointing to just an awful awful draft process and it was it was going to be concluded by him falling um as far as he did you know if not farther um you know bad shoulder um potentially needing a second um a second shoulder surgery um 
rumors of, of drug use at Alabama, the diluted drug test, the combine event where he was sent home, uh, rumors of poor interviews, just a lot of things culminated for Robin, Ruben Foster and not, not in a good way. And as bad as the Raiders needed a linebacker and as talented as, as his film is, um, you know, I, I think it's understandable why the Raiders passed on him. Um, just too much of a question mark. You know, as solid of a prospect as he seemed like six months ago, it just, it, you know, that didn't end up being the case. So, you know, I, I wasn't I wasn't surprised at all. Yeah, honestly, I, I think Reggie... Uh, saved himself a lot of headaches uh, because for me I was having Rolando flashbacks. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I, I it just it, it feels like you know it's like it's deja vu with that guy. I think, but man, do not let do not let Sorrell hear this, man. <laughs> Whatever you do, right? He would he was so mad when when Alabama players were falling. Yeah, the dude was we've, livid. <laughs> we've we, we've had some conversations. We, we got to have he's, him. He's not happy. We got to have him on the pod. We got to, man. We oh, got man. to. It was, it, was, it was entertainment. But before we move on to round two, uh, let's go ahead and grade the Conley pick. What do you folks say? Ryan, you start. Man, again, uh, I've been, I've been kind of withholding, you know, wait, waiting for everything to kind of clear up. But if, again, if we're looking at just on, the, it's just on the field, and, and again, fingers crossed, everything goes well off the field, um, yeah, then for me, you know, it's, it, it, this is the, one of the best cornerbacks in the draft from A minus, you know. Somewhere around there. For me, it's going to be one of two grades. If if he gets cleared of any wrongdoing, this is going to be a, a solid A. Um, top two cornerback in the draft after Sidney Jones got hurt. Position in need. Can play inside and outside. Um, size, athleticism. Definitely projects as, as, a, as a very, very good cornerback. And if he doesn't, that's going to flip to an automatic F. So it's going to be one or the other, as good as possible or as bad as possible. Oh, so you're you're just giving them the pass fail grading, basically. <laughs> I mean, it's I think it's I'm that black and white, out. you know. All right, all right. Uh, with the 56 pick in the second round, the Raiders drafted our guy Obi. Uh, Obi. He, he he ended up, <laughs> you know, a, a lot of folks were saying, a lot of analysts were saying that he was a first round talent. Ended up dropping to the Raiders in the second round. Nick, was this another dream scenario for the Raiders, a la, uh, you know, our boy Khalil and Derek Carr? Yeah, I think it was a complete dream scenario. Um, as soon as day one ended, you know, I, I wrote an article, Ryan and I wrote an article, we were both on Twitter talking about it, at the number one player on the board for the second round for the Raiders was Obi Milifonmu. Mm-hmm. And if somehow, some way, you know, he could fall far enough, um, he would be a dream pick for the Raiders. Um, you know, I, I would have been even happy if they traded up to go get him. So the fact that, you know, he was able to, to fall to 56, it was just absolutely completely best case scenario. Um, I mean, between him and Conley, it shores up that secondary right away. Um, the Raiders can use him in a, in a variety of ways. And, um, you know, as much upside as, as arguably anybody in this entire draft, you know, perhaps him yeah. and Miles Garrett might be the top two upside guys He's an when you're looking alien, at man. when you're looking at size, athleticism and, and what these guys, you know, what he can potentially be. So it was it was an absolute home run of a pick. You know, he's a little bit raw. Um but the fact that he's a second round pick now instead of a first round pick, I think lessens some of those expectations and, and it'll um help him uh you know, transition not have as much there. of a burden yeah, yeah. And, and transition, yeah, into, you know, hopefully what, what he can become. So, home, absolute home run. He just looks like a playmaker. You know what I mean? He exu- He's just Bill, one of yeah. those players. That's because that's he is one. 
you know, I uh, I was watching some film and I was excited, my man. I was excited. If uh, like if you if you were to play Madden and you're gonna go create yourself like a safety, like you literally would create him. Actually, the guy you created <laughs> probably wouldn't even be as impressive as Obius. He probably would. He would is be, a freak, man. Your Madden player probably would underwhelm compared. <laughs> the uh, the safety combo we got going in Oakland is looking like a good one. Um, let's move on to the third round. The Ra- the Raiders grabbed UCLA uh, defensive tackle Eddie Vanderdose. Um, Ryan, what do you think about that? Man, again, I think I think Reggie goes three for three as far as as far as the first three picks are concerned. For me, uh, you know, cornerback, safety, and defensive line; those are the three top needs, um, perhaps even in that order. Um, so, so Reggie was checking boxes left left and right as, as far as I'm concerned. The, the thing with Eddie, man, again, highly highly recruited uh, kid. I think he was the number one kid out of California in in, in his mm-hmm. recruiting class, a five star kid. Yep. Um, so again, all the potential in the world. Um, obviously banged up a bit uh, at college. So I guess the question question marks with him uh is kind of maintaining his weight and then once he's at that weight it's just simply staying staying healthy um i know i believe he was at the senior bowl or, or at one of the all-star games and and a lot of people were commenting that they saw the bursts again they saw that quickness so uh you know that those are all good things and, and that's probably why you know he, he was taken off the board in, in the third round and why you know reggie and everyone else is probably a bit a bit a bit high on him so again uh, the defensive line needs all the help and, and, and depth and talent that, that they, they can get. We saw what happened last year when, when Mario was banged up. So, uh, again, definitely a, a, a big, big fan of this pick, personally. Uh, Nick, you got anything? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I was a big fan of, of the Eddie pick for sure. Um, I had done an article uh, predicting Reggie McKenzie's draft board article that, that went pretty in-depth trying to find guys that, that kind of fit the mold of of uh, of what Reggie McKenzie likes and uh, Eddie Vanderdose when I was looking at the third round options um, he was at the the top of of my wish list there as far as guys that I felt like you know fit that mold and and, and were talent wise so when that third pick was uh, third round pick was coming around he was him and Blair Brown were the the two guys I was I was really hoping for so when the pick came in as Eddie I was I was really excited. Um, a lot of the things that Ryan said, um, you know, big time recruit. Uh, um, 2014, he, he looked really good. He looked the part of a, a potential first round pick. The ACL tear set him back the entire 2015 season, and and unfortunately, his his final year at UCLA, he struggled with weight, he struggled with conditioning, and and it affected his production. But he cut about 30 to 35 pounds for the combine. And, uh, you know, it was evident at the senior bowl and, and him doing the drills that, that he looked like that same athlete or, or close to that same athlete that he was in, in 2014. So he's got quite a bit of upside for, for a third round pick. I, I think he's the, the perfect kind of player that you take in the third round. He's not like a complete project. That's a long shot, but you know, he's not a safe, low ceiling guy. I mean, he's kind of a good combination of both. Uh, so if Jethro Franklin can, you know, do his magic, NFL strength and conditioning program, you know, get him, uh, put some good weight on him. Um, he's going to be, I think, a very uh, disruptive player um, for the Raiders. So I, I'm, I'm really excited about that pick. Yeah, I got to watch Eddie a lot in college because obviously I'm a U- USC guy. So uh, we met up with Eddie quite a few times. Uh, when he was a junior, man, he he was making waves. He, w- he was a scary player. But his senior year, like, we called him Eddie Vanderdozen't. Because he just he didn't have that <laughs> fried him, bro. Zap <laughs> yeah. got him, got yeah. him good. No, yeah, I know. You but, US, uh, USC so, guys, man, so clever. Yeah, <laughs> he zapped his ass, bro. But Get what I was getting to was that this feels like this feels like Mario Edwards Jr. again. You know yeah. that player in a good way has, or bad way. 
that I, I'm asking you that okay. you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a player that has that you know has been riddled with injuries but has that potential. Uh, Ryan, do you think that's a fair comparison? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a that's an interesting point, man. Again, uh, Mario back at school had had what all, all the effort issues. He he checked out. He just just didn't just didn't want to be there half the time. It, it seemed like, but obviously on Eddie's side, uh, you know, probably not so many effort questions. But again, the the injuries. So both both players definitely not touching their 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 ceiling. You know what I mean? What uh, what grade would you guys give this pick? Go ahead, Nick, man. Um, on, on an article I did, I, I gave him a, a B plus, um, I think it was a really good pick. So strong, strong B plus for me. Uh, my, my really only, my concerns are just his conditioning and his weight. I mean, he's, he's very balanced. He can rush the passer. He can stop the run. He's got size and athleticism. So if, if he can get himself in shape and, and stay that way, which, um, I, I definitely am confident that he can, like I said, he's, he's going to be a player for this team. Yeah, for me, man, I think I was I was uh, just briefly I, I I didn't I didn't do grades this year, but I I was just kind of briefly rattling off a few thoughts on on Twitter about each about each selection. And for me, Eddie Eddie's the type of kid in this class, man, that's gonna make or break this class. I think I think if if Mackenzie Mackenzie gets a healthy uh, Eddie, man, he's the one that's gonna take this class o- over the top. So right now, if I had to give a grade, I'm gonna go with the C, maybe a little more on the conservative side, just because again, health is always such a big question. But but man, you know, if if Eddie is healthy, he is in shape. Um, he's going to add so much, so much to the, to that defensive line rotation, man. So, so in the, in the fourth round, McKenzie went, uh, with offense for the first time in the draft. He, they took David Sharp, the offensive tackle out of Florida. Nick, what are your thoughts on this one? So probably of of all the picks of the draft, this is probably the one that, that I was, I was (laughs) least thrilled about. Um, you know, honestly, he, he wasn't someone that, that I had in mind. Um, I I did watch a couple of his games, um, just because I I had figured that fourth, fifth round, somewhere in that range, McKenzie could be looking for an offensive tackle and, um, you know, he's experienced a left tackle, but he's, he's really just, you know, quite a, a, a poor athlete, which, uh, for offensive line, you might not think is all that important like it is maybe for skill positions, but with the NFL pass rushers these days, I mean, Khalil Mack, Von Miller, look at the, the AFC West, you know, you got to be able to move, and, and he's he's quite sluggish, pretty bad with his footwork, um, and Ted Nguyen, uh, Raiders analysis, friend of the podcast, um, mm-hmm. he heard from some Raiders guys that they are looking at him um, as a left tackle, uh, not at right tackle as, as some expected following the pick which makes sense concerning his, his draft slot um with Fidal Alexander Denver Kirkland kind of in the mix I don't think you draft a, a right tackle in the fourth round um so I, I do agree that that's where they're going to try to put him at and I just have my reservations about how how that's going to work out but you know what at the end of the day I just have to have to defer to Mike Tyson on that one he obviously knows a million times more than than <laughs> most people um, other than NFL coaches about offensive line play. And I, you know, I think you just got to hope that, you know, that they got that one, right. You know, I, I know he wasn't a, a Christian McCaffrey pick, but Ryan, what did you think about, <laughs> uh, what did you think about taking David Sharp in the fourth? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't got much more to add than, than, than when, when Nick already said again, um, I think the thing that, that definitely, you know, comes to the, comes to the surface with me is, is again, 
knowing that you're going to play him on the left side, obviously not going to play him there this year with, with, with Donald Penn still around. I don't know if you're going to play him there next year, assuming Donald Penn probably sticks around for another one or two years. Um, so again, it's kind of a pick that maybe went a round or two early for a player that's going to sit, sit on the bench. But I guess on the flip side, if you're going to look at it the other way too, that's plenty of time for, for Tice to kind of mold him and, and, and coach him up. Um, the, another, thing, another thought that immediately came to mind after the pick, you know, came off the board was that this is, you know, size, weight, speed. This, this is the, this is the kind of tackle that Mike Tice likes to, to, again, to, to, to groom and, and to coach up. So it makes sense in that regard. Uh, I just want to add two players that went right after, or a couple picks shortly after David Sharp that I was personally really high on Ryan Switzer, wide receiver out of North Carolina and Jamal yeah. Williams, Jamal Williams to the, to, to the Packers, man, is a really, really interesting fit. I know again, uh, a lot of, play, a lot of fans at this point probably weren't so high on running backs given the Marshawn signing. But, uh, for those of us like myself that were still looking for a running back to come off the board, Jamal Williams was, 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 was a kid that I would have taken, you know, around prior even. So just kind of two, two, two names to circle, maybe come back on in three, 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 four years or so and kind of, kind of see where things lie. So. Nick, what kind of uh, what kind of impact, what kind of role do you think Sharp's going to play this season? This season, I, I think they're going to put him as the backup left tackle, and I think they will go with the the quartet of uh, Austin Howard, Marshall Newhouse, Vidal Alexander, Denver Kirkland uh, between right tackle and and backup right guard for for those four. Um, so I don't, I don't know if it makes sense to throw sharp in that mix and give five guys competing for that right tackle spot. Um, you know, when, when they probably will want him to try to focus on getting better on the left side and, and everything that that entails. So I, I'm not sure we'll see him on the field this much barring, uh, you know, injury. Um, I think they'll, they'll try to use him in practice as, as the backup second team left tackle and, and try to get him some reps and, and groom him for that spot and, and see how that goes. All right, I gotta ask, what what is with this report that he is blind? What, yeah. What's this all about? Is this for real? <laughs> do, do we do have, we drafted a guy that's blind? Is that what's that? happening? <laughs> no. Um, do you, Do you have the info on that, Ryan? You want to go? No, I just I mean the 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 last that I heard again that was the I was one of the first and I think the worst part about the whole thing was that Vic Vic Tafer might have tweeted the whole information that that, yeah. that came from that came from Mayock. So again. Tafer is a real, real credible, credible Raiders, you know, analyst, insider, whatever. So as soon as that, as soon as that hit the timeline, man, shit. What I mean, the fan base yeah. was 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 even more upset than it than it already was. Um, so to answer your question, it is again from what I from what I've read, it is not true. I think David Sharp even came out in the conference call and said that's a complete false report. He's actually a little, obviously, a little upset about about this slander <laughs> that's being spread around. You know yeah. what I mean? So. The reason why that happened is because I think it was Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network, that reported that, um, I believe following the combine, that he was not completely blind, but rather just legally blind in his right eye from something I think maybe stemming from birth. Um, so yeah, I mean, as soon as I, that's something I had heard even before he was drafted. Um, so when that happened, that was the first thing that came into my mind was that we're about to have a right tackle who can't see out of his right eye with Von Miller rushing at him. Oh God! And Dog, you know, this, I, is the, I, this is this is the I, thing. I prayed, like... I prayed for Derek Carr <laughs> right away. 
<laughs> how, I mean, again, obviously, obviously it was very, the draft, everything happens really quickly. People are, people are firing off, you know, real, real quick takes, but mm-hmm. man, I, I feel like there's gotta be as, as a reasonable, as a reasonable, as a reasonable fan, you should probably sit back and just ask yourself, are you, do you really think that this front office is going to draft a potentially blind, uh, illegally blind, whatever, illegally blind player? You know what I mean? Like I, there's, there's gotta be a, a, a period of, of, of reason there. No, I, I, you, you no, would yes, think, but there, there's there's no such thing as as reason within <laughs> probably. I mean, this fan base especially, but probably most fan bases That's just in enough. general. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, hey man, I, I'm just saying. I was old enough to remember the day, Darius Hayward Bay pick, so uh, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna put anything past anybody. Uh, what do you guys? What grade do you guys give this David Sharp pick? I'm gonna give it. I gave it a C, just a average, average pick. I think there were some better players after. Um, Will Holden, uh, Biznawadi were a couple other tackles. I think that I was expecting to be had around later. A couple of the guys Ryan mentioned. So uh, Blair Brown, another one I think was still on mm-hmm. the board at that time. So just kind of an, just an average pick to me. I, I don't see a ton of upside there, um, or, or maybe not even quality starter potential it just it's hard for me to see it so you know being being c is probably as generous as as i can be here yeah i mean again c minus maybe a d again i probably could get up to a c minus just because again uh I, I have a lot of faith in mike tice so if if, if yeah. he's i imagine he has a lot of say in these tackles that are coming off the board so if tice sees something then yeah so I, be I it you know i don't think that conversation went reggie mckenzie was like hey mike i'm gonna i'm gonna draft this tackle who can't see out of one yeah, eye right. <laughs> you you cool with that yeah not, not sure that's how that conversation went so yeah i've i've got I've got faith, especially. I mean, we got the the top two offensive line in football. I mean, I think I think these guys have have an eye for for offensive line talent. No pun intended. Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> so, uh, if if I'm not mistaken, I think Blair Brown was still on the board when yeah, uh, I think so. Sharp, yeah, Sharp was saying, picked, man. and I, I was a little I was a little bit confused by that. But Reggie McKenzie in in the next round, in the fifth round, ended up addressing that position by taking uh, Markel Lee out of Wake Forest. Obviously, linebackers was the big need this offseason. Ryan, uh, were you a fan of this pick? Yeah, man. I mean, again, to, to your point, just from a, a pure need standpoint, um, just happy to see a linebacker come off the board. Uh, if, if you look at Markel Lee, just give him the eye test, man. 6'2", 6'3", uh, carries his weight well, you know, uh, quick enough, athletic enough. So definitely looks the role. Uh, it, it, I'm projecting him more or less kind of as a, as kind of a two down linebacker. Um, I, I think, I think in general, um, this class was a bit underwhelming, uh, to, to, to me again, outside of maybe Ruben Foster. And again, Ruben Foster, as Nick talked about earlier, had a ton of questions. Um, so in general, I think it was a, a more or less a, pre- a pretty weak linebacker class. And again, you gotta, you gotta trust someone like McKenzie, uh, Del Rio, and even Ken, Ken Norton, who's on the staff, you know, all three former, former linebackers. And McKenzie said in, in his, in his pre-draft presser, they know what a linebacker looks like. I guess we got to just take them at, at their word for that. So, um, a fan of this pick from a, from a pure need standpoint, um, I would have liked to have Blair, Blair Brown, Jalen Reeves, Mabin. Again, these are players that went, went off the board before, but in general, not a, not a super deep class. So can't really complain too much and got to kind of roll with, uh, roll with the chips that you were dealt. Nick, uh, I saw some articles, uh, on Twitter that Lee was a guy you were targeting as well. Uh, you actually killed it with this draft with the picks, but is it safe to assume that you like this pick? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, Lee, Lee was a guy that that I was targeting as well. Um, you know, not to to brag too much, but I I, I put a lot of work into that that predicting Reggie McKenzie's Absolutely. board article, and it, it turned out to be pretty money. Uh, four of the first five picks were guys that I had on on McKenzie's final board, which like it's not like I had three hundred guys on that. I think I had fifty or fifty five people only. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that you know guys that I had on there uh, were coming off the board. You know, I was really happy to see that, you know, maybe I was onto something there. So, yeah, Markel Lee was a, a linebacker that checked every single box that I, that I had found for McKenzie, what he looks for in linebackers. Um, from the, the, the couple of games that I, I watched on him, I had him pegged as a, as a six-round pick. Um, just felt that he was, you know, a decent athlete, um, kind of a thumper, pretty good in zone coverage, but n- not very good in a man. So um, that's where I had him. But the fact that, you know, McKenzie grabbed him in the fifth, maybe a little early for my taste, but um, we had found out via the press conference that that's a guy that the Raiders had targeted since the combine. Um, so he was a guy that they were looking for and they went out and got him in the fifth. Um, so I think it was a solid pick. He's going to, he's going to come in and compete right away for that inside linebacker job. Um I think a lot of websites had him listed on the outside, but he actually played inside for the majority of his career at Wake Forest. So he's he's got a path to to that starting inside linebacker job. Um, and I think he's got a, a good shot to take it, depending on what happens with Perry Riley. So uh, on draft night, the uh, Ra- Raiders fan base was simmering a little bit. You could tell they, they were upset. They were a little bit nervous that uh, the Raiders were taking so long to draft a linebacker. Uh, Ryan, do you think the board just didn't fall uh, the way the Raiders wanted to uh, wanted it to to take a linebacker, or or did you think they do you think they just messed this one up? <laughs> no, man. Again, for me uh, personally, it, it just wasn't a really strong uh, linebacker class in general, as I just you know pointed out before. Uh, but I I do agree that the the, the board kind of broke. Uh, it, it definitely didn't definitely didn't break their way. We we saw a player like Kendall Beckwith go at the end of the third round. The Bucks actually traded up for him. That was a player that I kind of had in that four or five round range, given given the injury that he, that he's coming off of. But again, I assume the the medicals must be good to have the Buccaneers jump up for him. So he was off the board. We saw Jalen Reeves Maven again, same same kind of medical type type concerns, injury type concerns. He was off the board, top of the fourth, I believe it was, or the top of the fifth. It was right he, before he was Reeves went in the fourth before Sharp. There you go. Um, so again, so I don't know. That might have been a player that McKenzie maybe was targeting at the time. You know, we don't. We yeah. Don't, we, we don't really know. So that that was that was kind of bittersweet for me. I'm I'm a pretty big uh, uh, J- J- Jalen fan. So and then obviously Blair Brown, Blair Brown hanging around for a while. Um, maybe a bit undersized for Reggie's taste. I'm not really sure. But he was a player that I was. Yeah. Play, yeah. He so he, he must have not checked check that box so a player that I was personally high on despite the size but again uh Reggie must have crossed him off the list so uh you know definitely some options floating around out there but again just the Raiders just weren't in a position to to make anything happen and we don't see McKenzie move around in the early rounds as much so what uh what do you give this uh what what grade do you give this pick I uh I'm going with a a B just a solid B um I don't think he's got a, a ton of upside necessarily um I think he could be probably you know a low end kind of quality starter he's he's a sound tackler I mean he's not going to go in here and, and and Ben Heaney things you know up and, and just miss every single tackle known to man him and Malcolm Smith so he he, he can tackle um he's got okay sideline to sideline ability um you know he can stack and shed a little bit so he's kind of got a nice little well-rounded game i just don't see him being a you know a, a high-end gem um so I, I just i think just a respectable b yeah yeah 
I, I got him at a C again for me. I think he's, uh, for now, as far as I'm projecting him, I think just a, a really solid two down type role. I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's a, a three down, three down player. Again, he has some limitations like, uh, like a uh, Nick, uh, Nick mentioned before. So, uh, given the fact that he might not be on the, on, on the field, all three downs, I'm going to give him a C, but again, he might have a strong camp and he might, you know, prove, prove someone like someone like me wrong. So and I, I'm, I'm hoping that to, I'm hoping for that to happen just because the Raiders need, the Raiders need so much help, so much help at linebacker. <laughs> so uh, for the next move, uh, McKenzie traded out of that sixth round for two additional seventh round picks. Ooh, I love blockbuster, him, blockbuster, giving him four picks in that final round with those picks. He took uh safety, Shalom Luani offensive tackle, Jalen Ware, Running back Elijah Hood and defensive tackle Trayvon Hester. Uh, Nick, what did you think about that group? Um, I mean, they're seventh round picks, so it's it's hard to to be too optimistic, really. And it, I think it's kind of silly to be overly critical. Um, I mean, I've seen seventh round picks on some draft grades, you know, getting Fs and D minuses and stuff, and I think that's that's a little bit silly. So I, I think Shalom or, or Shalom Luani, I think he he's a guy that the Raiders visited with, so wasn't really surprising to see him. Um, as the pick, I, I think he's a guy that's got the makeup of a of a nice special teams player, um, and I wouldn't be surprised to actually see him take Keith McGill's job and and roster spot. Um, if the Get Raiders McGill carry, here, yeah, Raiders can carry Reggie Nelson, Obi, Carl Joseph, and and Luani here as as their four safeties, and and he can take over Keith McGill's role on special teams. So I think that was a decent pick in that regard. Uh, where the offensive tackle. Um, He's actually a, quite the athlete, um, which is good athletic. to see. Yeah, really, really athletic and 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 good size too. So it's you know hard to ask for much more than that from a from a seventh rounder. I mean, because if he went to a, a bigger school, um, he probably would have not been available in the seventh round. So it's it's nice to get a tackle with some tools to work with, especially with you know Tice there. So he he could actually turn into a, a solid player. Um, Elijah Hood, I was so so on. Um, don't see a ton of upside there. I think he's kind of just a, a a big power back that that's gonna come in and, and change the pace from the smaller, um, you know, electric guys. Um, so just an okay pick there. Um, and, and Trayvon Hester, from what I've seen, was only two games that I was able to find, and um, he he just looks okay to me. I'm not sure he's gonna make the 53. So you know. Hood and and Hester and Ware, you know, they they could end up being practice squad guys. Is probably my my projection, and then uh, we'll see. So, Ryan, who do decent? You, yeah, who who do you have taking? Uh, who do you have making the fifty three man roster, Ryan? Um, man, I I absolutely love Reggie's seventh round run. Man, Luani, Ware, and 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 Hood are are three of three of my favorites out of this whole class, man. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if all three stick again. I don't know a ton about Hester. Um, I don't know. I don't know anything about Hester to be honest, but, um, I think Luani, uh, like Nick said, he flies around, man, special teams edition, at, at least in, in the beginning, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's contributing in the backfield, just given just the lack of talent and depth back there in general. Jalen Wareman, as we know, the right side of the line needs all the help he can get. Uh, he's super, super, super athletic. Um, I think he's probably one of the most athletic offensive tackles in this class. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if Tice gets his hand on, hands on him early and starts molding him. And maybe he's maybe he's competing on, on the right side this year, next year, whatever it may be. Um, Elijah Hood's Elijah Hood's interesting, man. Um, he's he's 
surprisingly really athletic at the combine did not show it at all um i i think a lot of people are kind of just whispers maybe he was hurt um but he's he's definitely in that bigger back mold but again um when he is healthy um he he is he has a surprising amount of, of quickness and, and agility to his game uh so i wouldn't be surprised if if, if he's a back that's going to hang around you know given the fact that you know marshawn's probably gone next year um so i i think those three uh, maybe selfishly I'm, I'm hoping that they all stick around um and i think all three have a legitimate shot um again I, i'm i don't want to speak on hester i just i just don't i just don't know don't know enough Let's talk about these undrafted free agents, man. It seems like this is uh, Reggie's specialty. Mm-hmm, um, <laughs> uh, until the team announcing them, we can't count them as official, uh, but there are plenty of reports out there. Uh, Ryan, a player you've talked about for some time is Ishmael Ooh, Zamora. It's my boy Wide right receiver here, out of Baylor. Mm-hmm. Talk about him. Tell us Yo. about Zamora. <laughs> Yo, Zamora, man, if, if we're talking about athletes, man, that is Ishmael Zamora. Um, I, 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 I've been on this kid since, I think, you know, ba- this, this, this dude's first touchdown in campus in Baylor back in 2014, man. Um, he is... Uh, he is of the Josh Gordon mold, and again, that's a name that probably gets thrown around way too much. But I think Zamora's got a really, really, really good argument. Um, dude is six three, two twenty five, four five forty, forty inch vertical man. He checks all the boxes that you could possibly want checked uh, from an from an athletic standpoint. Uh, the the biggest questions with him is again he had he had the off field he had the off field you know the really really inexcusable incident with with his dog, uh, which is just an absolute shame. Um, and uh, and again, coming from a school like Baylor, he's not going to be the most polished, you know, polished route runner. Um, so again, if he if he handles his business off the field and hopefully gets gets uh, you know gets his head in the game and starts picking up on these different concepts and stuff like that, this dude this dude should should be a lock to make the roster. Man, he is just way too athletic, way too gifted. He is a big big play waiting to happen, man. Um, and again, Oakland given given Carr on, on the controls, um, Seth Roberts again kind of kind of iffy iffy on him has his has his shared plays has his shared drops uh so i think there's outside of cooper and crabtree there's definitely there's definitely going to be be some room to kind of compete and maybe you know fi- find himself uh you know grab grab some snaps on, on the 53 uh nick you got any more undrafted free agent notables for us uh well just to to quickly add to the to the zamora uh that ryan to just touched on <laughs> yeah um Talent, super, super talented, um, you know, without the off-field incident, uh, you know, involving his, his dog and the, and the character concerns that, that stem from that. Um, I had a fourth round grade on him. I, I saw a lot of people thinking same thing, fourth round or so uh, talent-wise. Uh, so he's got a legit shot to, to make that 53. Um, you know, Johnny Holton spot, he, he looked okay, but they didn't really use him a whole lot on offense. So, you know, he's going to have to be checking the rear view because um, Zamora – that kid's a player um heading into the seventh round i i had mentioned on twitter that there were three receivers that checked all of mckenzie's boxes and that was it um one of them was bug howard i forget the other one and then the third one was was zamora um so wasn't surprising for me to see him picked up as a as an undrafted free agent um so definitely watch out for him uh pharaoh brown uh tight end oregon former big time recruit um tight end position you know isn't that strong um you know jared cook he's obviously going to stick around because they just signed him but i think they've lost some faith in walford um you know lee smith isn't going to go anywhere but he's uh he's a guy farrell brown that 
that can c- come in here and compete and, and maybe grab a, a practice squad spot as he continues to develop and, and recover from his leg injury and, and try to get back to his former self and just a couple others that I, I was familiar with before we signed him as UDF, uh, UDFAs were uh, Jordan Wade, uh, defense tackle, uh, Fatal Brown, defensive lineman, and uh, was it Ahmad Thomas, safety from Oklahoma. So a couple of guys that, that I know of. Um, that you know are decent talents, a couple guys to, to watch out as long shots, perhaps to make the roster like Antonio Hamilton last year. Um, so decent, decent haul, and uh, and, and Zamora being the, the cream of the crop there. So all in all, do you guys feel like McKenzie did a good enough job addressing the defense uh, to where they could at least perform in the, the middle of the pack? Like we're not even, you know, we don't even want – need the Raiders to be a top, top 10 defense. We're just like, <laughs> right, hey, right. just give us an give us an average defense. Something something respectable, um, man. Yeah, you know, whatever. Ryan, <laughs> how how do you how do you feel about this? Like did he, did did McKenzie do enough to address the uh the holes? He, he was I guess I guess he was he was active enough and again, I really like where his head was at in the draft especially. I've been I've been banging the table as you guys know about the secondary even mid 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 season last year, so uh, again we talked about Conley, hoping everything gets cleared for him, um, and then and then Ob. So I, I think those 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 two alone are going to see significant work, obviously in the secondary. So I think you know you're obviously looking at at, at an early at, at early returns there. Um, uh, having Perry Riley back would be would be huge. Again, that's something that hasn't happened yet, but I think that's almost kind of becoming a, a necessity given given the way that McKenzie approached the draft. Hopefully, Markel Lee uh, again kind of exceeds exceeds my my expectations. Um, getting getting Edwards Mario Edwards back healthy is going to be huge. Uh, we talked about Eddie um, already, so um, uh, you know then you got kind of question marks. Uh, Jelani Jenkins, who I'm assuming is going to take over Malcolm Smith's spot, can he stay healthy it, it, when he's been healthy? he's been he's been at least effective so um i can't imagine and again i feel like i say this every year and somehow we always end up regressing or, 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 or playing playing the same kind of level but i can't imagine this team is any worse off but um you know i guess that's really not saying a, a, a whole lot so i think i think middle of the pack is realistic if if kind of those those dots are connected and and, and those stars those stars align but um again it definitely wasn't a good draft for linebackers and 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 and, and all that. So again, you you can't expect to fill every single need. You know what I mean in, in one single offseason. So I think McKenzie did enough. Is it going to be enough? Uh, the, the AFC West really is really really tough, man. So we shall see. I think uh, I think McKenzie mostly did enough. I was absolutely 100% okay with him addressing the secondary um, in the first two picks. Um, you know, as I had mentioned earlier, it's, that's the the spot that that we pretty much railed on every single game about them getting torched. Um, so happy to see that. As far as the linebacker, I mean, that's something like everybody else I wanted to see addressed early if possible, but the board just didn't shake out that way. And, you know, I I would have been more upset if McKenzie reached for a linebacker that wasn't as talented, you know, just for the sake of taking one. I mean, that's not how you you build a a quality team at all. So I was okay, you know, with him waiting until uh, until he got Markel Lee. I just think that's, you know, how how it had to happen in this case. And then... Uh, the the one thing that that I wish would have happened was was adding a pass rusher uh, myself uh, really at any point because the team was dead last in sacks. Clem Mack accounted for like fifty percent of those on his own. Bruce Irvin pretty much did the rest of it just about. Um, so I I think this team is really devoid of a pass rushing talent. Um, you know, Mario Edwards counts you know, somewhat, but it depends on his health and and where they want to use him. And Shilly Calhoun. 
was someone they drafted in, in what the the fourth round last year and, and he really didn't show much if anything you know not writing him off by any means but I, I just would have liked to see uh you know to see another another pass rusher added to that mix um you know can't can't count on on Alden coming back at all so that's the one area where I, I wish that he would have addressed defensively that that didn't happen um, so we really just got to hope hope that you know the guys stay healthy and, and they produce better than than what they did last year in that regard but I, I don't see us being bottom 20 I, I'm just hoping to crack the top 20 somewhere 18th 19th be turnover prone and, and just don't give up 400 yards of game passing so all right well good. let's uh Let's wrap this episode up with a little Marshawn talk because that's what we've all been waiting for. Uh, after Marshawn. six weeks of <laughs> after six weeks of speculation, how good does it feel to have this deal done? I thought it was honestly. I didn't think it was going to happen. I I I had my doubts. It was never in doubt. Never in <laughs> doubt. <laughs> no, I was. I mean, I'm I'm thrilled about it. Um, you know, it my. My optimism is a little bit biased just from him being just a long time, you know, favorite of mine, um, just as a, as a non Raider even. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled to have Marshawn, the person on, on the team, mm-hmm. um, as a player, um, you know, we, we got to see, um, you know, what he's got left in the tank. Um, I don't think Marshawn is the, the type of guy that's going to come in here and, and half-ass anything. I don't think he would entertain the idea of playing football if, if he you know didn't believe that that he could do it Agreed. Um, that's a good point so i uh i definitely am, am optimistic that he can have a, a strong season i mean he's he's going to be running behind the the best offensive line in football or the second best offensive line in football at worst and, and that's going to be something that he's never really had before um mm-hmm. the passing game is going to be there so he's not going to have to worry about facing nine dudes in the box um like he's had to do at at some points um in his career so I think this is going to be a, an opportunity for him to, to thrive um, and, and and hit those incentive marks and, and earn that paycheck. So I, I am, am quite optimistic that, that he's going to be a fantastic signing. My only hope is that when, uh, when the Raiders are in the Super Bowl this year and, and the game's tied with five seconds to go, <laughs> we give that man you're, the ball. You're, you're, you're really doing this right now. You're doing this right now. <laughs> I'm going in, man. Yeah. You're going in. Give, give that man the rock. I like Anyways, it. Anyways, uh, well, that'll do it for this episode of Just Blog Baby. Follow us along on Twitter at Just Blog Baby. You can follow us on Spotify. No. 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 <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> I know you iTunes. missed a week and oh, everything goes out the window. How, how did uh, how did that go last week? You guys, that, guys did a pretty good job without oh, you, me there. You mean you didn't listen? No, I did listen. <laughs> and I, I, I feel like... I feel like uh, I think I was a, I think I was a decent backup point guard off the bench, you know. Yeah, it was it was missing a little pizzazz. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just maybe I don't I don't bring that to the table. I'm what am I? I'm, I'm Darren Collison. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that... man, Darren Collison. I was thinking Detlef Shrimp, but okay, I'll um... take it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, I think that's. I think that's that'll it. do it. That'll do it that'll, again. That, that'll, that'll, that'll do it. Sh- I did. I did drop the. That'll do it. I, I, I had to do it, so I, that I kept that. Time. I kept that tradition going. Yeah. So All right, folks. St- still no Spotify, I- iTunes, Stitcher, <laughs> SoundCloud. 
I, I think to, to wrap this up, uh, podcast, uh, we'll probably just do maybe just occasional occasional podcast from, from here on out, uh, maybe just once every so often when there's some, some news to talk about, some new things to talk about. So probably not expect one every single week, um, you know, during the dead period, but we'll, we'll try to come up with some stuff to, to come on here every once in a while and, mm-hmm. and keep, keep the people entertained, our, uh, our 12 listeners. Get, get some guests on here. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Cool. All right, All fellas. Right. It was a pleasure. Y'all be good.